0: Before I send it to the episode, I just wanna give you a uh, little heads up. Olga, who's the star of this episode, she has a new podcast and she invited me to be a guest over there. And I'm in episode uh, 12, it looks like. So if you uh, like Olga, and you like me, then you can check out the episode. I'll link up to it in the description and show notes so you can check it out. And, uh, you know, it's awesome since we've been following along with Olga for a little while. And if you remember, she expressed interest in starting her own podcast and I encouraged her. And, you know, I like the podcasting medium. So I'm glad that she is uh, doing it. I think the show's going to be great. So uh, definitely check it out. And let's get to the interview with Olga. Hey, what's going on welcome to the doug show my name is doug Huntington, and today we're getting an update from olga from SEO Sly. and we've been doing kind of a case study kind of a coaching situation for the last few months and we're going to hear about what olga has been working on if anything new is going on any mistakes and what's coming up for the future so olga how's it going today
1: hi doug it's going great i'm very happy to be here back with you how are you doing
0: great yeah it's just the day that we're recording it's a little bit after thanksgiving so had a nice few days off and hung out with a lot of friends and you know just did a bunch of random stuff so it was it was a good weekend yeah yeah now you've been a little busy so yeah. i I, I forgot how much uh, you've been working. So you were doing a, a little bit of an update for me before we recorded. And I th- I was like, wow, that's so much. So, yeah, what's been going on? You could just kind of list out a couple things and we could dig into each one later. But, yeah, what from a high level have you been working on?
1: So a lot a ton as you as you noticed so uh, in uh, in november i started i became like an independent seo consultant and i thought i would be working way less actually i started kind of in october and uh, it turned out that i was actually like working way more because uh, it was my goal to start uh, the seo podcast in in october I managed to do that uh, on the last day of October so I I finally launched my SEO podcast and since then uh, it's been taking a lot of my time I've been interviewing other SEOs including you and I've been like playing with video edition editing and uh, podcast editing like doing all the all the stuff I didn't even know I would have to do so very busy i've been very, very busy and at the same time i was i have been trying to to stick to the plan i laid laid out for my website for seo sly because i planned on adding a lot of new content uh, at the same time i'm trying to grow my youtube channel and now i am like publishing both on youtube and as as a podcast and there is of course client work on top of that so yeah very busy very busy last okay. two months <laughs>
0: Congratulations on launching the podcast and we'll link up to everything so folks could find it. Um, And we have been doing several updates, so we'll link up so people can hear the things that you've been working on and kind of your background story and all that stuff. Um, But, you know, generally you, your goal was to get more traffic onto the blog and how's that going right now?
1: Yeah, because like last year, I I kind of started to neglect my my website a little bit, and I used to have like ninety percent of traffic from Google Discover. And when I stopped around a year ago, publishing that much, of that traffic from Google Discover after around two three months basically died. Then I was very occupied with client work, other stuff, so I didn't still didn't publish a lot. And I think we talked in May, and since May I started to publish a little bit to add something together with launching the podcast i also started to publish uh, the blog posts which were corresponding to the to the to the podcast uh, episode or to youtube videos so actually like google saw there is something happening on my blog the blog gets updated and my google traffic discover returned started to return around i think june and now i am at at the level where where around, uh, I think, 45% of my traffic is uh, is from Google Discover. So I'm happy to see it get back, but I'm not at the level level I used to be, or I would like to be but I think getting getting at those 3000 visits per day will be my goal for 2023.
0: Okay, and how much um, traffic are you getting?
1: Daily. I am like below now below 1000 every day.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Sometimes there is like, sometimes it happens that there is a, a jump in Google Discover, but usually it's 800 900 six, 600. It's not like very, very stable. And of course, over the weekends, there is like less traffic.
0: Okay, gotcha. And so we, t- we have talked about Google Discover before, but essentially, it's sort of like a feed on uh, Google uh, apps or a Google device, and it just pops up because Google knows what people are interested in. So yeah. if they're into SEO, it'll maybe surface your, uh, you know, recent blog post, right? Yeah. Every now and then, someone asks on my live streams about like web stories and if they should spend time on web stories, is that the same as Google Discover? Are those like related in any way? Do you know what web stories are? Because when people ask, I don't know what they are.
1: Yeah, I think they're different, but they can, I think, pop up in Google Discover. So this is basically before I think the page experience update, I hope I'm correct here. It was like uh, to be, no, 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 I'm confusing things now. So a web story is simply like um, to be eligible for a web story. You have to like create a special web-, web page. There is like the entire documentation on that. You can do it through WordPress and the web stories are made for, for mobile. So they are, they are supposed to look and they look like you have those stories on Instagram or on Facebook. So this is basically this, but, but a bit different because you have a, a different URL for that. And also this web story uh, does not disappear like like those other uh, dis- like those uh, th- th- those stories on social media sure. do and it can uh, it can be shown like in a prominent place in in search results it can also pop up in google discover there was a moment when I started to to become interested in that. I even started to write a guide about this. I wanted to to create those. I wanted to even create like the, my entire website in the form of those stories. Google, at some point, was pushing very hard for those web stories. But it, I think it kind of didn't really, like, uh, people didn't really fall for, for that. And uh, I think it is... And I don't think a lot of people are using that. You can sometimes see this this uh, this in search, search results, but I don't think it is as successful as we as we, as everyone was expecting. So okay. I am not pursuing that at the moment, but maybe in the future I will explore that. I think they even have like a special Google created a special plugin for WordPress for you to create it to okay. create a web story.
0: Got it. Okay. That makes sense. That was a good explanation because, yeah, i never quite got it. i never even heard of it. So that tells me what it didn't really work. And it kind of reminds me of AMP. Remember that? The accelerated pages where Google pushed it really hard and everyone believed that it was going to be essential. I never even touched it. And the only time I heard about it is when it messed up someone's website.
1: Uh I also wasn't like interested in that because before that, yeah, this is what I meant to say before the Google page experience update last year in May, if I remember correctly, AMP was a requirement to be be displayed in the, in this top carousel in, in search results. Then they kind of uh, said that it is not a requirement anymore. And this is like when Google st- stopped like pushing AMP so much, and a lot of people started to really like get rid of that because because AMP was supposed to help you with speed and to get you to those top stories. And when it didn't, re- and and if you can have a fast site without AMP, there is no need, I think, to to get AMP because the AMP version of the site is usually very like thin. It is it looks different. It is it is not like the the same version, and it's easy to mix to, to to break your site if you don't know what you're doing or if you're doing that with some plugin on mm-hmm. wordpress and you are not a developer it's very easy to break a site and do more harm than good
0: okay yeah that was my observation so okay we can move on and talk more about you so um what what else have you been working on
1: um, so i would say youtube and uh getting to know how to how to edit videos efficiently how to because I started to create those intros outros I was I was like I was looking for the best video editing software I was looking for a video editor I don't have one yet so it's still me doing that and I think this is like the most time-consuming thing especially that I don't have like any background in, in video edi- edi- editing. So, and I'm learning all the pieces regarding YouTube. Like, for example, I uploaded a few interviews and someone in the comments told me that you should add chapters. And yeah, I know there are chapters, but I didn't even think about it. And I started adding those chapters. So then you told me, I think before I started that thumbnails are a good idea. So I started creating those thumbnails in, in Canva but i already did a lot of different mistakes like for example i was recording i i think i have already recorded more than 20 interviews and i think in around five of them or or less i forgot to turn this mic and i was basically using like the mic from my camera so Mm. i haven't published them yet and i'm thinking what should i do should i like before the video Uh, like record a short clip when I say, okay, so in this, with this video, I forgot to turn my mic or I just should, shouldn't say anything and, and just publish it and pretend it (laughs) never happened.
0: Yeah. Well, don't worry. I made a similar mistake. Um, I have another podcast where sometimes we'll have like four guests uh, Uh or three guests. So four people total and basically like one of the microphones It was like turned off. Like I didn't know that it was turned off. There was some setting for my recorder and interface that I didn't know I needed to change. So when we were, you know, we did sound check and we would listen and like most things were fine. And I would just, I would like try to turn up that microphone, but it was just off. So probably for the first 20 episodes, maybe four of them had that issue. So the person who was on mic number four was only audible because of the other microphones. Now, they were loud enough because I run it through um, a mastering uh, leveling software. So everyone's level is, is okay. But the problem is that microphone number four, that person, like everything is turned up. So there's like all this background noise, even if it's fairly quiet, but there's like a different sound, like an ambient noise while that person talks. Mm -hmm. So there were Mm -hmm. several interviews where I screwed that up and it was only later that I realized that I need to change a setting. And it's very clear now that I know how to change it. Like when we do the sound check, like everyone can hear each other better, Uh, but I just didn't Mm -hmm. know. So anyway, I didn't know until later. So to your question, should you do a disclaimer? Totally up to you. You know, if you want, like, I think that would make it more like authentic and just say like, Hey, the audio is a little rough on this one. I figured it out and you know, now I won't make the mistake again. So I would maybe do the little disclaimer because it does make it more personal.
1: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because the, the interview is very very uh, valuable and i don't think i will be able to re-record it the way it was like initially recorded a lot of great stuff there so i will simply tell the people that like you have to focus on the content of this interview not necessarily the audio quality
0: how how bad is it is it just um a little more echoey Uh, yeah
1: kind of it's not like the totally bad because it wasn't uh, like recorded from my computer default microphone, but from the microphone, from my camera, I I have no idea why. So it's, I think it's acceptable. It's better than, for example, if I was using like AirPods, I think so, but definitely it does not sound like, like when I'm using this, this microphone.
0: Right. Yeah, it's crazy how big of a difference it makes. Like, even if there is a little background noise, um, these microphones, like, it really hides it and you don't notice yeah. it as much. So,
1: yeah, I think we, we're having the same microphone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are great. It's a Shure MV7. Yeah. So you could yeah. use it as a an like alarm. I,
1: I think the headphones, we have the same headphones as well.
0: Yep. It's like the Sony yeah. Professional, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. <laughs> same setup. It's a good setup. Yeah, it's what, you know, pros use these. Uh-huh. <laughs> even us.
1: <laughs> yeah, even us.
0: So, okay. Anything else with the podcast? Any, anything uh, else go wrong? Anything go really well?
1: So uh, let, when it comes to YouTube, I am happy because like the subscriptions are slowly but going up. I'm not going to like look at those numbers obsessively, I think, for at least a year or two, because like I'm just now focused on re- releasing at least three episodes per week. So I am now at, I think, 1,000, almost 400 subscribers, which is, I think, kind of okay, assuming that I started to like really upload content in, I think, June or July. So I am quite, quite happy with that when it comes to podcast, I have like a total of nine episodes at this moment. So I'm halfway through the this first sprint, I would say. And I am like, I have a total of I think, uh, 500 downloads. So it's pretty low still, but with every episodes, at least now, there are more downloads. So I hope it's going to, to get better and better. I'm not sure if I should like create an entirely new separate website for the podcast, because I have one that's kind of a default one from Kajabi because I am hosting my podcast on Kajabi and I adjusted it a little bit. And I am now, now thinking whether this page will be enough or whether maybe I should, because I bought a separate domain. I have it. I i am now redirecting it to this a default, uh, Kajabi kind of website, but I'm still not sure if this is like the right approach. So what are your okay. thoughts on that?
0: So I'm not really, sh- I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion, but on the podcast side, generally people go and they subscribe on their app and they almost never look at the website. Right. So you're, you're a podcast listener, right? So do you ever look at the website?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't even look at podcast notes. Maybe I'm like an exception, but usually I'm just listening or watching.
0: No, you're right. Most people don't look at podcast notes either. So, and you you Uh can, so it can be helpful if you're like, Hey, here's a bunch of resources, right? So you could like, you know lay out the resources people may check those out but like i listen to a lot of podcasts i almost never look at the notes if i do i just kind of quickly scroll through very rarely i would say maybe one out of 20 or 30 episodes do i actually like click a link in any of the show notes uh-huh. and what i've found especially if you go to like a forum or something i'm in a couple i'm not active in the forums but like Someone will come in, like you and I will go in and we'll say, hey, I have a podcast. Should I do transcriptions? And people in the forum will say, yes, you absolutely should do transcriptions. And then the companies that do the transcriptions, right? Like they definitely will tell you to do transcriptions. But Uh people will say, do the transcriptions. And then you read a little bit more and they're like, I don't listen to podcasts. They're too long. And I just want to read the information. So if you do transcripts for your podcast, then you're like catering to the people that like don't even want to listen to your show. And the you're making it convenient for them to read. And me personally, I've only read the transcript of like maybe one episode and it was one that I listened to before and I needed to reference something one out of the thousands that I've listened to. So, um, I'll come back to the, you know, the, the question there, but mm-hmm. the, you know, transcripts, you know, I, I would say, don't even worry about stuff like that. Um, the one argument people will say is, um, then you have a chance to rank in Google because there's SEO. Yeah, that's what
1: I wanted to say.
0: Yeah. So maybe there's a chance but usually, right, if you listen to the transcript of our conversation, which I think is high level and we're, we're getting some good information out, there's all this extra shit, right? It's like the false starts. There's a lot of sentence fragments. We don't speak in complete sentences. It's very, it's jumpy. So to have something actually valuable as a transcript, it would need to be edited down a lot. So we may have an hour long conversation, which I don't even know how many words that would be. But you probably could edit it down by like 80% and have a, a good piece of content. But unless you're going to do that, I don't know if it's worthwhile. You're already busy with a podcast, right? So you're like, oh, yeah, do I have to do something else? Um, so, what was the original question? I forgot.
1: Uh, to be honest, I've <laughs> forgot as well because like another one just pop up popped up to my head like regarding those transcripts because like i'm now like i was thinking about this but then i realized that it, it doesn't make sense to upload so many words without like really structure then i'm i'm now looking for for a va or for someone to help me create a meaningful blog post out of this conversation we'll see how it goes but here's my question. What are your thoughts on uploading closed captions to YouTube? Does it really matter? Does it really change anything or is it enough if I just set the language and let Google Google YouTube do this for me?
0: I usually do the, you know, the auto-generated stuff. Usually that's what I do. I think the best practice is to like have the transcript and then upload it in make it right. That's like the best case scenario, but I think the auto-generated stuff does a good enough job. I I have had some videos where people asked they like they wanted me to upload like maybe it didn't automatically generate the the transcript and closed captioning, but you know from a usability standpoint, it's good. There's a lot of international people and maybe they they can read uh, just mm-hmm. fine and follow along, but um yeah, I don't do it um, and I'm not, I I usually opt for um, good enough and like what's sustainable. And if I had to do all this extra shit, you know, do a transcript and like get it edited down and then do the closed captioning, like all of a sudden it's a huge amount of work and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I know you can yeah, like, hire exactly. people to do this stuff, but I mean, to hire like a company, it's usually about like 200 bucks an episode, something like Mm -hmm. that to do some of this work. Um, And that was, that's based on information from a couple of years ago. So it could be higher now that like Mm -hmm. prices are higher, people are charging more and all that. Um, But yeah, I mean, essentially when you break that down and you're like, ah, maybe I'm doing uh, a few episodes a week or something like that, all of a sudden just to produce the podcast it's it'll cost you like a thousand to two thousand dollars right especially if you're doing like video editing too like all of a sudden the costs are insane so i keep everything like you know i guess minimal uh sustainable for me knowing my tendency to i'll just say lazy because i mean i'm just like i'm not going to do that because i don't i don't want to Um, (laughs) And the other part is sometimes it'll be a super small portion of your audience that is really noisy. So I didn't do the the timestamps for a long time on YouTube because mm-hmm. generally it would mean people are going to skip around and not watch as much. At some uh-huh. point, something has shifted. I mean, I, I think my assumption was wrong. So something shifted, I think, in the YouTube algorithm or something. I'll ask you about that in a second. But... I realized my long form videos, which I was pub, which I am publishing primarily they're so long that like people do need a way to, you know, skip around and I wasn't publishing clips so much. So I started putting the timestamps in and, you know, people do really like it at some point. It was like every single episode that I published, people asked for timestamps. So I was like, okay, the audience is big enough there. I'll, I'll do it and see how it goes. And what happened was people watched more percentage wise because they were skipping to the parts that they wanted to see. So my assumption was completely wrong. So I tested it and I was like, okay, even though it's costing money to do it, it like it is helping and something shifted in the algorithm, I think. So, uh, and that's my question to you. Um, You watch a decent amount of YouTube, right? Have your suggested videos gotten worse in the last two months?
1: Hmm that's a good question maybe no. i'm not sure but One. maybe go, ahead. go i'm ahead. getting too much yeah uh, too many music recommendations which i am not really interested that much because in the past i watched a few like music videos but generally yeah i would say there are like those clips of music that I'm totally not interested in, and I'm not like subscribed to them because like th- these are recommendations. So, in that respect, I would say yes.
0: Okay. How Yet, about you? Have a have a look with that in mind, and I'm curious. People leave a comment on this video okay. if you are watching over there, if you have noticed it too. But what I found was a lot more like general kind of viral videos and a lot of games, a lot of games where I'm like, I don't, I've never watched a gaming video. I'm Like none of the things that I watch, uh, as far as I could tell are related to games. And it's maybe like 15% of the videos or 20% are like gaming related, like Minecraft and some other shit. And then again, like some viral type videos from like big creators that you know i see yeah. maybe they have millions of views and i'm like i don't care about this like i'm trying yeah, to watch
1: right. so
0: you have seen those? a
1: lot of shorts which are like totally irrelevant like someone's doing something stupid and i'm not interested in that that types of videos
0: right and i wonder if it's kind of a reaction to like tiktok type um a tiktok wow. type algorithm where it's just like random stuff, like discoverable stuff where I want to watch like the stuff that I'm interested in on YouTube. And it was a pretty good algorithm. Now it's like, a lot of it is, I I don't want to watch it. So I'm like, just getting out of the app and I'm watching like Hulu (laughs) because I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to watch this anymore. This is dumb. So, okay. Big tangent, but yeah, have a look and and let me know. Let let me know. Cause I, it's gotten worse and I could tell like on my channel, like views have gone down and I'm not doing anything oh. different. Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. So I think something has shifted and it made me think about like, you know, publishing just more general stuff for like a bigger audience instead of like narrowly focusing on the same stuff that I usually do. So I don't know, I may get, let mm-hmm. me test it out. I don't know. All
1: right. Do you have a TikTok account?
0: No. No, no. I got it. I deleted the app. I'm out of there. Yeah. Uh-huh. No interest. How about you?
1: <laughs> I don't. I have never had an account there. I hope I won't have to have one, but yeah, we'll see. Now with this Twitter thing going on, people moving to Mastodon, I am not like into moving to another platform. I hope you won't have to like move over there. But But on the other hand, I'm not sure what's going to happen to Twitter. <laughs> I think it will be yeah. fine, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. And I, Like I have generally been following it. We're, by the way, we're recording this on November 28th for people to reference because it'll be published in a few weeks. I'm, I'm not even sure. It may be close to the new year even. But I had been following a little more closely. And then in the last couple of days, I just haven't watched any more information. I haven't paid attention. But um yeah. If, if anything happens with Twitter, then I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend much time on it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You, I know. I yeah. You are not very active there.
0: No, I do nothing. Yeah. No. Okay. So we'll get back on track here. So, um, you said you were spending a lot of time on like editing in, in the YouTube side of it. What are you spending your time on? Like specifically, is it like editing out mistakes or trying to make a conversation shorter or or what are you what are you working on
1: oh that's that's a lot i would say a lot of my time is also spent on once i like edit this uh, let's say interview i i add the intro outro music i export it i upload it to youtube then it's taking me a lot of time to actually like uh create the title description create those chapters and like for one for one video I have to like listen to it at uh, like twice the, spe- the the pace and it usually takes me about 20 25 minutes to create those chapters but it is on the other hand a good learning exercise because I really learn a lot from this interview one, one more time but I would say that like describing the this content distributing it on Twitter on LinkedIn also creating the blog posts that relates to that new episode where I embed the episode like in the audio form in the I embed the video, I also like create those short podcast notes, I create the thumbnail, uh, the featured image for the for, for the blog post. So this is like actually like this extra like reusing that content on my blog on on those other social media platforms i think this is like taking a lot of time way more than i than i expected
0: when you say it out loud it is a lot (laughs) that's a lot of (laughs) stuff yeah and i do i mean i do have um an assistant that helps out for basically you know, all that admin stuff on YouTube, thumbnail title, like I can help out certain areas. Um, and, but exactly what you're saying, like, it's not too much, but once you add all that in, it's, you know, 45 minutes or something like just trying to schedule it and publish it and get it ready. Yeah,
1: That's why I'm looking for, for a, for a VA, for a copywriter to do this for me or to at least help me because like because I have like other SEO things to do as well, like audits or, or clients. So I definitely cannot just
0: do podcast. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, and it is just sort of like a general assistant. Like you don't need anything too complicated depending on what you're trying to do. As long as a person can write, uh, like and communicate at a, you know, basic level, like it should be good enough, but Mm -hmm. you know, all the mechanics and stuff of like using YouTube as a, you know, channel manager or uploading the, the blog post or whatever you need to do is pretty straightforward. And someone can be trained in, uh, you know, a couple hours really.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. so So I'm definitely, definitely getting that person because yeah because it it doesn't make sense the way I I spend my my time right now, because I was supposed to work less, but it turned out I'm working like the same amount of time. Of course, the motivation and the way I feel about it is totally different because I'm doing my own thing just for myself. So it is different than like having a job, but still, I would like to enjoy more free time and and not be like uh, not working from like six a.m. till seven p.m. Depending like with a break for a workout, it's it's too much,
0: right? And it's boring too. The stuff that you're yeah. talking about is pretty boring. Like, yeah. it's good to go through this it, part- but then once you do, it's uh, yeah. Especially like I mean, the timestamp stuff. Like you get to learn a little bit more. But that's really boring too, because you're like reliving the thing that you've already done. <laughs>
1: yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But this one is kind of it's something that I may actually be want to want to do. But for example, those like uh, creating blog posts on my blog that talk about the, the podcast episode. This is definitely something I can I can delegate and and I I have also been spending a lot of time on. Uh, writing my newsletter, because I write like a newsletter, I send a weekly newsletter with SEO news. And now I also try to record a weekly recap of SEO news. And this is also like, basically the entire day for me to record, edit this out, then of course, distribute it on podcast on YouTube prepare intro outro and I thought it would be like I would just record like 10 minutes of me talking about SEO news but it it turns out into the entire day So to break I don't know like 20 SEO news maybe 20 pieces of SEO news
0: wow and yeah. How much editing does it require? So, and, and I think, you know, one one thing I do talk about like my recording process and we've chatted before and I've, I have done a lot of episodes at this point, I can just hit record and talk for 10 minutes and just basically publish it. I have uh-huh. an app, uh, it's a, you know, cloud software, cloud-based software, leveler mastering and it'll actually put an intro and outro. So as long as I can like, you know, use the same intro and outro, I can record my MP3, upload it there. It'll put the intro and outro. It will, you know, output to wherever I want it, Google drive in my case. And then I could just uh, put it into the blog post to publish the podcast. So it, takes a lot of the workflow out. And another Uh thing that it can do is a level video, right? So it can treat the audio for your videos, but it can also upload it directly to YouTube. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to do that. Now you still have to, you know, if you're doing video, you would still need to export it, which takes a long time to render video sometimes, depending on what you're doing. Um, But anyway, I'm curious if you're able to reduce some of the editing time by uh, not making mistakes or it depends on what you have to do, but yeah.
1: (laughs) So when it comes to uh, like uh, my uh, expert interviews, usually there is, I don't like record anything, uh, don't edit out almost anything. I just like maybe adjust the ending and and the beginning. But when I, for example, record news or record some some shorter videos when I talk about something, then I usually like have a lot of things to edit out. For example, I notice that I very often say like, uh, and I really don't like it. And when I watch the video like the second, the third time and I hear myself saying, uh, then I do my best to edit every like instance of it and sometimes like four minutes turns into like 40 minutes for me to edit everything out so I hope I will try to get rid of that habit and I won't be and I won't have to do so much editing but it's still I'm still like I would say very new to that very new to camera because last year I would never even think about like publishing a video, recording myself or watching myself on on the video. I like I hated looking at myself on the video, or listening to myself. so it is getting better, but right. there's still a long way to go and I already did a lot of mistakes like the one I, I shared with you or the, the other one I did with a live recording. so I planned the live, I advertised it, invited people to, to, to my live event, which is like happening tomorrow, but it doesn't matter because like we are in the future now. Yep. And I t- I realized that I did not connect this live event to my streaming software. So basically I have to create a new event, which is already connected. So the link to join is changing. So it's like a broken live. <laughs> have you ever done something like that? <laughs>
0: Not um, specifically, I've certainly put the wrong link in somewhere, Uh but for live streams, I've generally done a pretty good job. I am thinking back, it's been a while since I um, made that exact mistake, but like, yeah, I think at one point I did try to schedule something and I, I wanted to test it, right? This maybe was the first time that I was doing it. I'm probably Uh mixing up details too, but like I wanted to test it. And then of course, like you could only use that live stream URL the one time. So if I tested it, then Uh it was gone. So the link was no longer valid. Um, And like I said, I probably mixed up some details, but like somehow I fucked it up. I I don't know. So
1: I get the point.
0: Yeah. And you'll probably get better speaking. Going through and editing is maybe one of the best ways to get over it because you're gonna feel the pain, like you said. A four-minute yeah. video might turn into a huge amount of editing, and you're like, "I, I should just re-record this and just not make a mistake." Board. Yeah. <laughs> Even exactly. if you tried it ten times, right? If you did it ten times, like it's maybe the same amount of time. Just don't make mistakes. It's really hard to do
1: yeah and th- that's why i I'm still kind of willing to do this video editing because yeah I know that it is a, I know that I should be like doing it at least at the beginning to to really kind of know what I'm really like expecting what I what I want. I once uh, had a video editor like do a test video for me and this is interesting because I told him to remove all those weird The weird sounds I am I am like making, and he sent the sent the video back to me. I listened to that, and all those noises were there, and he actually like didn't notice them. So maybe it is like just me. I'm like super sensitive. Maybe it's not that horrible, but still, I think there is a lot of room for improvement.
0: It sounds like he didn't want to do the work. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) He just said, "Ah, it's great." I don't want to it's spend strange. you know, eight hours doing this. One piece of software to check out maybe is called Descript. Have you heard of it?
1: I don't think so.
0: I'll, I think I might have an affiliate link, so I'll, I'll look it up. But so basically, it, it can be uh, video and audio editing software, but it does a transcript, right? So it does a transcript. Oh. And you have the ability... To edit the video and audio based on the transcript. Oh. So you can just nice. read it and then say, oh, I want to take out this section. And it can take out filler words for you because it can obviously see when you say, uh, or like, or any other filler uh-huh. or phrase. And it can just edit those out. Automatically. It
1: takes, Send me the like, link.
0: More- Okay, it's I used it a little bit because I did an interview for my other show. We had two guests, and they're really well-spoken in person. When we were recording, it was a nightmare, and I could tell when we were doing the recording. When I used the script, it said they had something like a thousand filler words in- oh an hour and 20 minute interview. So I it sounded terrible. So I knew I couldn't publish it uh, as it was. And I also wasn't going to edit it myself. So Descript, you know, basically did the transcript in a couple minutes or whatever it takes. And then I said, remove the filler words. And then it it edited the video. The audio was good. I could just export it and it was good to go. It was a little choppy because you could imagine if it took out a thousand uh, different filler words. Uh-huh. It's not going to be super smooth. It was pretty good though. It was much better and it saves me. I mean, I, we would have had to toss the interview because I, it would have been whatever a hundred hours to remove that many mistakes. It was crazy. So anyway, I'll send oh. you a link.
1: So I'm definitely, yeah, definitely giving, giving a try because yeah, yeah it will save, save me so much time.
0: Yeah. And you'll get better. If if you, even if you don't do the editing, which is the best way to feel the the pain of uh, verbal tics. If you just listen to it later. So I listened to a lot of my episodes when I published them, uh, maybe the first hundred of them or so. And I could hear when I would like reuse a word too often or filler words or verbal tics. And if you listen, it's very obvious and you'll want to do better. Like you realize it and then you'll want to do better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're, we're starting to wrap up here. What do you have coming up? What are you working on in the next you know four to six weeks or so?
1: So I would like to schedule publishing all of the interviews I have recorded. Like I said, I think I have more than 20 to publish. So I would like to schedule it all in December and hopefully have it like scheduled for the next maybe two months. And starting in New Year, because I'm going for vacation starting in in, in January, When I get back, I would like to focus on creating content, something I've been pushing out, like writing real articles with Surfer SEO with with that type of uh, type of software. And start to do it on a daily basis, like I initially planned. But unfortunately, the podcast came, and I like didn't have time to do it. To do it, so this is this is my 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 plan for I would say the first quarter of twenty
0: twenty three. Cool. How and, about you? Uh, for me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been working on growing my. Other podcast called Mile high Fi. And we've been we've been struggling a little bit with like scheduling. So my podcast partner was super busy. So we actually had a guest mm-hmm. host pop in, a couple of them. And my co host is now, you know, back and he's gonna be able to spend more time on like marketing. Both of us will, so we'll be able to like be on other shows just try to do some of the things that we neglected. We kept publishing and the show has kind of been level. So it hasn't declined, which is good. There still have been, you know, good episodes coming out, but we lost a little momentum and like, there's good chemistry between myself and the co-host. So when we put other people in, it could be fun. It doesn't always work out as well. And they like, you know, a lot of the audience like his personality. So like if we fill somebody in, it could be different that said one of the people that filled in has a pretty big audience and is well-known so that could be something that we do where I just you know bring in a guest host for like a month or something and record a few episodes and like it you know helps them. usually it's someone without a podcast right so they have an outlet Mm -hmm. maybe thinking of doing a podcast so that may be something to look at and then otherwise I'm not really sure you know uh, I have a leisurely you know amount of work that I do usually and it's a good sort of holding pattern but yeah so I'm not sure I usually don't do like big annual plans or anything like that Mm -hmm. especially the last couple years
1: Mm -hmm. seems boring
0: lazy like I said Uh (laughs) all right well where where should people find you
1: so I would say my website the and I am on YouTube SEO Sly. Olga Zareczna SEO Sly, I think. Twitter, assuming it's still there. And of course, SEO podcast by SEO Sly on all the most important and most popular uh, podcasting platforms. So that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll link up to all of that so people can find it easily. And thanks, Olga. We'll get an update, um, you know, maybe when you're back for vacation, I guess.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Doug. It was it was fun.